Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. What's the point of praying when God already knows what I need? It's not for Him to know. It's because we need to articulate in prayer and ask. James says, you have not because you ask not. There is something about the articulating and the communicating vis-a-vis prayer that does this change, this renewing, this transforming in our hearts. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Philippians. Are you searching for a solution to anxiety and worry? The Bible teaches a simple solution, prayer. Pastor J.D. expands on the problem of worry and how biblical truths are truly the best solution. The weight of the world is heavy, but God is faithful. Reach out to Him through prayer. He'll give you peace. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Philippians chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, and he says, verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And, verse 7, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So today is going to be part two of a series titled, Kill Worry Before Worry Kills You. I hope you know that this title is not hyperbole in that worry actually has the propensity to literally kill us. And this because of the physical damage that worry does to us by way of the stress that it causes and creates. Thankfully, the Apostle Paul is going to rise from our text today and provide us with a biblical cure for worry and anxiety, and I'll add to that even fear. Now, let me hasten to say, and this is important, please hear me on this, I in no way want to posture myself as an expert or as one who is qualified to speak to anxiety disorders and clinical depression and many times the mental illness that can be associated with that. There is a time, I believe, and mental illness is a very real thing. And so please understand that I do not in any way want to be dismissive of that. I do, though, want to stay in my lane, as it were, and share from my own 
personal experience as it relates to the work that God has done in my life personally when it comes to my own worry and my own anxiety. I have confessed to you, I will confess it again today by way of a preface, that this is one area in my life that the Lord has been dealing with me in. I do tend to and am prone to be one of those that worries about everything. And if I run out of things to worry about, I will ask you if there's something I can worry about for you. (laughs) Reminds me of the story that's told about this guy that said, you know, I decided to hire somebody to worry for me, to take all of my worries. I am going to pay him $100,000 a year. To which his friend responded, whoa, wait a minute. You're going to hire somebody to take all of your worries and do all of your worrying for you, and you're going to pay them $100,000 a year to do it? He said, yeah. He said, dude, you don't have 100000 To which he says, that's for them to worry about. <laughs> well, God has done a profound work in my life in regards to specifically my prayer life. And I'm just being very open with you and candid with you when I say this. The one area in my life that has been the most difficult to have victory in is in the area of worry and fear and anxiety. Ah, but God... (laughs) as only he can, has been so faithful to teach me how to pray specifically, fervently, with a thankful heart and an attitude of gratitude, and proportionate to how I pray and how often I pray, the worry is gone. And I don't have to pay somebody $100,000 that I don't have to do it. Maybe it's too simple, but listen to what James 5, the second part of verse 16 says. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. In other words, when we pray effectively, specifically, fervently, it will accomplish much. And by the way, this is one of the main reasons that the enemy does everything and stops at nothing to keep a Christian from praying. He knows that prayer is the deciding factor. I love an illustration from Pastor Chuck, who's now home with the Lord. He used to describe this fight between two opponents. And it's a fist fight until somebody wields a knife. Now, the focus of the one without the knife is to dislodge that knife from his opponent's hand. He has just changed the whole game now. And so this is what the enemy does with us, because that's who we fight with. That's who we wrestle with. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against people, but principalities and powers of darkness in high places. 
And so Satan will give us this spirit of fear. I want to talk about that more in a moment. He'll put these these thoughts, in these anxious thoughts in our mind, and he knows that if we wield the knife of prayer, he's a defeated foe. He has to flee. That's the one thing that he fears the most. Again, he knows it's the deciding factor. And is this not what the Apostle Paul is saying in our text today? You want to worry about nothing? Pray about everything and thank God for anything. We get it backwards, right? Instead of worrying about nothing and praying about everything, we worry about everything and pray about nothing. And Satan knows it. And that's why he's able to do what he's able to do in the life of a Christian. One of the things that I'm learning about the power of prayer, especially when it comes to worry and anxiety, is that prayer changes the prayer. That's not a play on words. When we pray, it changes us because there's this transformation that takes place within us, which is why we're to make known our requests to God who already knows, which is a problem for some. This jams people's gears. Wait a minute. Why do I need to ask? God already knows. I know. He's all-knowing, right? Yes. Then why do I need to make known my requests to Him? What's the point of praying when God already knows what I need? It's not for Him to know. It's because we need to articulate in prayer and ask. James says, you have not because you ask not. There is something about the articulating and the communicating vis-a-vis prayer that does this change, this renewing, this transforming in our hearts and our minds. Yes, God already knows everything, but making our requests known to Him changes everything in us. I heard one Bible teacher say it this way, It's not that we inform God when we pray. Instead, we are conformed to God when we pray. I'll say it again. Prayer changes the prayer. There's this transformation that takes place within our hearts and our minds. And here's how that works, if I can explain it this way. Making all of our requests known to Him, and casting all of our cares, as Peter says, upon Him, enables us to see the problem through the lens of our God, instead of seeing our God through the lens of the problem. Maybe I need to say that in a different way. See, when I'm anxious and worried and fearful, it's usually because I'm looking at that situation that is causing me great stress and great anxiety and great worry and great fear. Now, when I pray, I now am taking my eyes off of this problem, which has gotten really big. (laughs) And now 
in prayer, I'm casting it on Him, I'm looking to Him. And when I see my problem through the lens of my God, the problem all of a sudden is no problem. Another way prayer changes us and how we see our situation is that it has the effect of reminding us of God's faithfulness in the past. I'm thinking about it this way. You know when Paul says that there's basically three aspects to not worrying. You don't want to worry? Okay, pray about everything and thank God for anything. So here's what I'm thinking. When we pray about everything, God will remind us of all of the times in the past when He was faithful. We were worried, we were stressed, how am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to do this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And God was always faithful in the past. And when you think about it, because the word thank comes from the word think, when you think about it, you have so much to be thankful for, specifically all of those times that God in the past had delivered you from all of your fears. I want to ask you a question. It's a question I ask myself whenever I find myself being given over to anxiety and worry. Was there ever a time, can you think of even one time, I want you to think through this question, can you think of even one time where God failed you? Well, some of you are recalling some pretty perilous situations that you found yourself in, and you know it came down to the gnat's eyebrow. And yes, gnats have eyebrows. <laughs> right at the 11th hour, and I mean, it just looked like, man, this is how it ends. And then God rushes in and does that which only He can do. So, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I think of David recalling how that God delivered a bear and a lion into his hands in the past, so that in the present he had that boldness, that confidence, knowing that he could defeat this uncircumcised Philistine who would blaspheme the name of his God. Throughout Scripture you see these great men and women of God. By the way, I don't call them Bible characters. The reason I don't refer to them as Bible characters is because it almost sounds like they're fairy tale characters, they're cartoon characters. So I will never refer to these men and women in Scripture as characters. No, these are men and women, real men and women like you and me today. Anyway, I digress a little bit here. But throughout the Scriptures, we see these great men and women of God who recall in the past the faithfulness of God. And is He not the same God yesterday, today, and forever? I think about what the Apostle Paul said about how that if God would not spare His only begotten Son, and give us 
Jesus to die for us, if he would not withhold Jesus from us, is there anything that he would withhold from us? James says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. There's no changing, there's no shifting of shadows. He doesn't change his mind. If it's good, it's God. God will not withhold anything good in our lives. Now you might say, well listen, I've had prayers that I prayed that God did not answer. Okay, do you realize that maybe had God answered that prayer, it could have been the worst thing He could have ever done? I mean, we thank God for answered prayer, but I would suggest that more so sometimes we thank God for the prayers that He didn't answer. (laughs) Oh my goodness, when I look back over my prayer journal and my prayer list, which I've been keeping for many, many years, and I see some of those prayers I prayed, and I'm just like, oh God, thank you so much. If you answer that prayer that way, oh my goodness, thank you for not answering that prayer. In many cases, the prayer I prayed was nothing in comparison to the prayer that God answered. It was way more better, for lack of a better way of saying it. This actually dovetails into the third way that prayer changes us, and it has to do with the peace that comes as a result of the very act of praying. We were talking about this last week, that when we pray, there are all of these God-given hormones and chemicals like endorphin and serotonin and even dopamine that are released throughout the body, and they have this calming and this relaxing effect on us, on our hearts, on our minds, on our whole bodies. That's why when you spend time in prayer, the person you were when you started praying is not the same person you are when you're finished praying. But just the very act of praying changes you, even though your circumstances haven't changed. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Do you realize this is exactly what Paul is saying in our text today? Let me see if I can paraphrase it this way. You want to worry about nothing, pray about everything, and thank God for anything you can think of, and there's always something to thank God for. We have a plaque up in our kitchen in our house that says, there is always, always, always something to thank God for. I thank God sometimes for just even little things that I take for granted. Really little things. Insignificant things that I take for granted. Thank you, God, for my fingers. I mean, my goodness. How would I ever be able to Text. (laughs) Thank you for those thumbs, for both of them, right? Thanking God for anything. See, what happens when you do that, then this peace 
comes upon you and not only keeps your mind and heart at peace, but it's actually more than that. It's a guard that is set up around you. I picture this guard around my heart and my mind because that's what Paul is saying is that this peace will guard. So you've got this, I don't know what your guards look like, but mine are, you don't want to mess these dudes, okay? But that's really what God will do, is He'll set up this guard, this regiment, if you will, around our hearts and our minds to keep us in perfect peace. And it's even more interesting than that, because it's almost like it has to go over our head. I'll explain what I mean by that. It transcends, it surpasses, if you will, bypasses our understanding. That's the kind of peace that will guard our hearts and our minds. In other words, everything around us can contradict the peace of God, the peace that Jesus said, I come to give, not as the world gives. See, the peace that the world has to offer is contingent on, predicated upon everything around you being okay. Listen, if I only had peace in my life when things were going good, I would have peace about four seconds every day. (laughs) And that's it. And of course, when I'm sleeping, because I don't know any better. That's not the peace that Jesus offers. That's not the peace that Paul here is talking about. This is the peace that goes over your head, bypasses, surpasses your understanding, and goes right to the heart, settles you, anchors you, even though you don't understand. Is this not that famous passage in the Proverbs that we memorize and sing? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, submit to Him, call upon Him, cry out to Him, cast your cares on Him. In all your ways, all your cares, all your anxieties, all your issues, both great and small, submit them to Him. See it like this, you're you're submitting your petition, a list. I I submit this like you submit an application. I'm submitting this to you. You know what the promise is? He will make your path straight. Thanks for tuning in today to In Spirit and Truth. Join us next time to continue studying the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, along with Pastor J.D. You'll learn how modeling your life after Jesus will change how you interact with people around you and why it's important to show the world the love and grace of Christ. As His light shines through you, people will begin to wonder why, and it just might lead to conversations that can change a life forever. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. We'd love to connect with you too, so come be part of our social media community. 
follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. If you're in the area, you're invited to come join us in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe for our weekly worship services. We get together every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursday at 7 p.m. for an in-depth time of Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church family is an incredible asset in your faith experience, as well as a place where you can be a blessing to others. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks again for joining us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true to you.